Hello and welcome to Burkett Wonderland. We used to be an Arsenal podcast. Now we're just a load of people thinking the next season season tickets are going to be a lot cheaper because we're playing in the Championship against the likes of Barnet, Blackpool, and uh, some French team. Who? Luton. Luton Town. Oh, the club that all real Arsenal supporters we really support. With me tonight, it's uh, from ABW. It's our very own Femster because no one else could be fucking bothered to turn up. All right. <laughs> I don't, don't Well, let's go for a roll call, shall we? Let's. Uh, Chris the Pirate is doing his French pod, which is more important than the Arsenal pod. Josh and Cole did yesterday. John is busy working. Ellis, Ellis is on his holly bobs. He's gone to the North Pole or somewhere where there's lots of snow. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Arsenal's having an extension done. Who else is there? I think that's it. And then there's the rest in your group who are. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Most of them don't even reply to stuff. So, uh, yeah, thanks for saving the day, Femi. Without you, we'd, it'd just be me and Mike, and that'd just be a nightmare. No one would want to see that. <laughs> it certainly wouldn't. And also, if you haven't noticed, down the bottom, it's COVID boy himself. It's Mike from the Gooners pod. It's Andy's better half. How are you doing, Dreagle? I have been better, to be honest with you. I, uh, I thought I was uh, infected with a horrible virus, and then uh, and then Sunday it was confirmed that uh, the virus is is arsenal so um <laughs> you're, you're not going to be getting the best mic today but uh or the happiest mic but uh hopefully i can escape from this covid fog long enough to give you something sensible we were just saying that congratulations are in order mike you've been podcasting for about three years and it's the first time you've done it not drunk so how's it going so far it's five years, and yes, you're right. This is the first time, but I, I just feel drunk right now. I'm not actually drunk, but uh, that that COVID fog that they talk about is is legit. It's uh, I, I'm feeling loopier than normal, and and I haven't had a drink in in I don't know a couple hours. <laughs> a couple yes, of- I should I should know that it's five years because it's season five, episode seventeen was your last one, or eighteen or something like that. I forget that's how you do it. You're the only one that actually keeps track of that. Andy has no idea. He still thinks we're doing season three. Andy, who's he? I don't know. Sounds uh, familiar. Oh, is that the bloke you used to podcast with? Yeah, yeah, the, that English type guy. Yeah. Uh, we call that a touch of the carpenters, where they just fuck off and stop doing podcasts. So uh, does he? Does he even bother having excuses, or does he do what Chris does and just go no? Uh, <laughs> no, he says it with the French accent. <laughs> oh dear! According to Josh, Chris is busy stealing barnacles off of the Mary Rose. Um, Duncan's there. Matt is there. Oh, Loki is there. Um, have I done Matt? I've done Matt. Who else is there? Uh, oh, Mike Hurts from not the not another Arsenal podcast. Um, hashtag where's pirate that doesn't really work that doesn't need to rethink your hashtags i hate people who get the hashtags wrong eh mike yes he pointed out that i got my hashtag oh. wrong. <laughs> i thought you yeah. were talking to my curse see i'm telling you i'm uh i'm Two off mics. today you're, you're very right there um first of all we should say thank you to the lovely people at manscape have you got hairy testicles is your gooch overgrown and hairy if you uh if you've got a hairy bum you may not want a hairy bum or any i'm personally i like to be a bit hairy i think the ladies like it uh oh we've got someone else there uh Berguna. um if you if you're hairy and you don't want to be hairy go to manscaped.com use the code birdcamp get 20 percent off because they will do you a lawnmower three which has 90 minutes yeah in fact you could shave your balls for 90 minutes rather than watching arsenal play how does it work how does it work on the perineum 
Because uh, mine, yeah. mine is always smooth, but not everyone you know has uh, that kind of a perineal. I do, have, I do have an odd ball patch on the on the old uh, the testy bag. I don't know why. Smooth as a baby's bum. I don't know. I think maybe I once had a stick stuck to it, and then so the hairs didn't grow. So. Uh, yeah, so if if you do, if you uh, if you want to, and you say, uh, do any pictures of you shaving a testicle, do send them in, and we forward them all to Chris's email, or we can just give you Chris's email address directly. And and yeah, so the people at Manscaped give us all things. We've all been shaving various parts of our body. I'm actually gone full grown hair at the moment because Sean likes to put shit in my beard for Christmas. Um, oh yes, there you go behind me. That's oh, I, I missed that bit. Of yell. In You're fact, actually was- looking exactly like that right now. You've 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 kind of behaired and underhaired and overhaired, but now uh, now you're looking exactly like the poster. And there's my bit of yellow string. Can't be lost without my bit of yellow string. I wouldn't be able to move. Um, <laughs> Poster's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's no, no, no. I'm, I'm just getting all these stats. Don't worry. Oh, ready to unleash <laughs> he's a man deep in thought right so we should move on thank you very much yeah. to Manscaped so go to manscaped.com use the code Burkamp for get 20% off and let us know if you buy something and if everybody goes and buys one thing all the, the millions of people who listen to this podcast then uh, they might they might sponsor us permanently and then you can hear me waffling on about hairy testicles every single show whether Chris is here or not because he's a deviant. Right. Um, who else have we? Uh, Mike says so much hair. TBG, the bold goon. I can't remember what the B stood for in, in the TBG. Um, Jimmy H, three weeks in and my wife's balls are still smooth. Well, there you go. What better um, What better message would you want than knowing your missus has got hair-free balls? Uh, Loki, mine looked like the last chicken in the shop at Manscaped. Oh, dear, don't need that. Uh, Josh says, Femi instantly regrets being on after that plug. <laughs> I think Loki meant to say mine or Mike. <laughs> I think it might have been a typo. Oh, yes. Yeah, it might be Mike. Yeah, indeed. Jimmy says, can we just shave Ozil? He is clearly the biggest dick. <laughs> what needs to be cut? Uh Oh, there you go. Um, TBG saying hit the like button, people. Yeah. Are we just avoiding talking about uh, the, the the game as long as we can? Is that what this is? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> right, let's uh, let's go and have a look at my show notes. I, I made I wasn't going to make any, and then I started getting into it, and then I started looking up stats, and I started getting angry. So we're going to start the show on a positive note because we here at Bird Camp Wonderland, and and possibly the people over at the Gooners Podcast, we're positive podcasts. And so, Mike and Femi, I want you to pick out a few positives from the weekend's results, if possible. Have any of you got any positives? I shall wait here calmly. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think the most crosses a team has ever had uh, without a shot on goal has been nine. And I think we exceeded that by 35. Uh, and we got 44. And and where I come from, more is better. Yes. Uh, 44 crosses, I think that's a positive. I think all we need to do now is is uh, have a big January where we sign Andy Carroll and uh, and, P- and Peter Crouch and we'll be we'll be golden. Oh, glory days! Um, can you pick out any positives from that? Yeah, yeah. I think um, good positive. I've, we've had over a hundred and twenty crosses in the last three games, and we scored one goal. I think that's that's is that a fact? positive. Yeah, over one hundred and twenty crosses, and just yeah. keep trying, keep trying, Arsenal. Yeah. You know, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I thought you were joking. And another positive is um, second half teams seem to 
be afraid of us so much that they they sit back and defend and don't actually come forward and pummel us. So that's a positive. Oh no, 120 crosses, and that's why the only person scoring for us is Gabriel because he's the only big lump we can go. We've got that can get up there and get the ball in. Oh, <laughs> sad time. Is there any other positives, gentlemen, before we head uh, nose first into the, the the pit of shite that is supporting Arsenal at the moment? It wasn't eight <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah. See, people, that's three positives. We can cross a lot. It wasn't eight two. And, it didn't uh, make me any sicker, other than just emotionally. Oh, there we go. Here's a positive note. Craig from the same old Arsenal podcast. Very good show last night. You could see from the beginning of the show that uh, the, the, the judge was like a whippet, ready to get out of his cage at a racetrack. He's going, ah, 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 come on, let me out, let me out. Um, oh, dear. It was a very good show last night, Craig. Enjoyed that. He says, I want to see Mike eat a baconator. It's... I believe it's impossible. I actually was watching, for some reason, I don't know why, I was watching a video of when uh, the judge was in America with you and he was the unwrapping a Baconator. Well, that's because, yeah, because Craig said that he didn't think it could be done. I'm like, not only can it be done, but your, uh, you know, your beloved uh, podcast spouse uh, has had one before and I've, and I've visualized it. I mean, if you don't, he's just said that he thinks me eating something large is impossible. Craig, I know we haven't met, but you do know me better than most. And uh, there's nothing impossible about me eating any kind of burger with the word "ater" at the end of it. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get one delivered tonight. And by the time you wake up tomorrow, there'll be a, a nice video in your inbox. Oh, hopefully. Um, Jimmy H has made a good point. He says, uh, three years after, we're finally playing to the Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> there you good, go. Jimmy. Yeah. Um, do you hear on the? Ch- I take it you both listen to the Tuesday Club podcast. Yeah. Uh, I do. When I, uh, I I listen to it as often as they do it, which uh, I you know because you can't listen to now. it. You can't listen to it more often than a time. Well, then I don't listen to it every time they do. They <laughs> made a very good point last night. Femi. Who's got time for podcasts? No one anymore. And they said, uh, went in the January transfer window, when we're having a look at the bins at the back of Chelsea, like we usually do, see what they've thrown away, it might be a good idea to get Giroud. If we had someone like Giroud, Femi, do you think that would uh, help the situation? Would he be banging in four goals a game? It's quite amazing, isn't it, that he's out of our three strikers that we... I mean, we replaced him with over £100 million worth of strikers. (laughs) And honestly, if he was in our team, he would be perfectly made for our tailor-made for the way we play in every sense of the word even when we're, we're not relentlessly crossing the ball he was still tailor-made for the way that we played so it's it's quite fascinating that you, you how money can distort things in football you know when they say so much money you can buy this and buy that but sometimes it's not about money you know sometimes you can just look at players and how they fit into your system so it's, it's quite funny yeah so do you think yes. maybe Giroud sitting on the Chelsea bench crying just, just for, like 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 a um a uh, one of the, the ladies when it's coming up to lady time and they just start crying for no reason and then you go what's that? oh is it oh lady fair enough. so does 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 is Giroud at, the, at Chelsea just bursting into tears for seemingly no reason at all and then they realize how wasn't there that thing that he scored like their last five or six Champions League goals and some ridiculous thing like he scored in his last four Premier League starts? Yeah, I don't it's think just... he's. I don't think he's crying at all. I think he's completely yeah. forgotten about his time at Arsenal by this point. 
Yes, it's really weird. Oh, dear. Um, he's, right. he's, um, he's, 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 uh, he's usual, what's it called? He has like these purple patches, doesn't he? And then he has these dry patches, as we always remember. <laughs> There's uh, David Moore, Moore, Maudsley. See, it's not only English. I know foreign names I fuck up. David Maudsley says, can we swap Bellerin for one of the women? Actually... I reckon if we played uh, my, my Dima up front, she'd do a, a damn better job with the current style. I mean, at 120 crosses in three games, how many goals do you reckon she would have got? Because she is an absolute monster. When it's all elbows. She's 68 brilliant. Yeah, it is. Oh, Rudy says uh, Giroud is laughing at us. Oh, Shredder is there. But is Giroud still asking for a threesome on Instagram? Oh, uh, we've now... That must have been a direct message. We've now got two gooners that we know in, in North Carolina because uh, Drew has moved there, hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. He, he debuted his new pad last night on uh, on camera uh, yes. Drew, during DC the, uh, during the, uh, the gooner talk. So I thought, oh, he's moved from New York, which is cold, to North Carolina, which is hot. And then I remembered the videos that Shredder does of uh, coming out to his car and it's fucking knee-deep in snow. Oh, yeah. North, Car- North Carolina in the winter is not hot, but uh, I, I heard that Drew moved the second he found out that troops had moved to New York. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, like, we can't both be here way. at the same time. We can't both be in Brooklyn at the same time. It's just not going to work. Oh, that's good news. Look, um, Shredder says, Drew and I will be hanging out soon. He lives about 10 miles from me. Well, there you go. We're having a gooner loving. I'm oh, talking of uh, um, gooners in America. It's Mr. Waffles. Who uh, looks like me, just with more hair? Well, we're wondering, aren't we, people? We, um, what other notes have I made? Uh, we've, we've tried to pick some positives. Um, right, uh, Mike. There's been lots of talk of dumping the first team and playing most of the Europa League team. Do you think this would work, or would this work to any extent? Because, as we saw in midweek, the 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 should we call them the youths? We shouldn't really call them the youths, should we? We should call them the Halen products or or oh, reserves or whippersnappers. Um, you know, I, I, I think there absolutely needs to be a change. I mean, you're going to see after tomorrow, after uh, Thursday, anyway, a a month or month and a half without European football anyway, as we always do, you know, over the Christmas period. So, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a forced switch there anyway, but I would have, I would have started two weeks ago and started integrating and flip-flopping some of these players. I mean, there's only so much you can do with Pepe since he got himself out of the league for three games. That'll be over after Sunday, I think. But um, 100%, we should have been seeing more changes made to where some of our senior players, some of our 27 and olders uh, are playing on Thursday night to keep themselves fresh. And we're starting to sprinkle some of these guys from Hale End in on, on Sundays. Um uh, the Spurs game was always going to be tough because you want to rely on experience there. You want to rely on people who have been there before, uh, played against this team before, understand the uh, the rivalry. But you know, before that, after that, now this Sunday, next Sunday, uh, you've got to start seeing some of these kids come in because the more I see William out there, the more I see, uh, uh, I mean, you name it, Jaka. So, some of our some of our starting eleven choices have been forced by injuries. But a lot of them haven't, and it's just the reliance on these same people and starting them in the league. Whereas we're only giving our young guns time on Thursday, and they're looking fine when we put them out there. Why not see what they have in the in the league? It's it's long overdue, and it's starting to grate on me as it is with many people uh, that we're starting to see some of this 
foolish loyalty on Sundays and on Saturdays that uh, is starting to turn some people against the, the gaffer. Uh, so I wouldn't oh, switch the teams entirely. Uh, I wouldn't keep them completely, but you gotta you gotta get started with that. Yeah, I thought you'd finish. You were just taking a breath because you're poorly. Just give me a wave when you finish, then I won't interrupt. I'll just pass out when I'm done, and then by the time you come to me again, I'll have... <laughs> you should have come around. Um, do you think that could work? Because there's another note I've made, because I was busy making these. Um, now that the Europa League is out of the way, would you start to include more of uh, of them players in, and where? So I'm going to go and delete that while you talk about it. Yes, yes, most definitely. I think one of the things that I always said about um, when Emery was in charge was he... And I said this at the time, I said, he's going to die on the Xhaka Hill because he refused to drop Xhaka and it ended up costing him his job as far as I'm concerned. So you cannot be loyal to players who are not giving anything, to be honest with you. I, I remember um, Wenger used to play players until they found form, but... The one thing with a Wenger team is a Wenger team never went into free fall like this. You know, if you lose two, three games max, you're drawing the next game at minimum, nil-nil, or the next couple of games. You will never lose four, five, six games in a row or, or four out of six games. A Wenger team just never did that. So he kind of had rights to be loyal to some players, even though it cost him his job as well, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know loyal to players to the point where it's to the detriment of the whole team. So now what you must think about is this. Players that are not playing are watching this thinking, well, what do we need to do to get in the team? I mean, this guy, they're, they're humans at the end of the day. You know, They're thinking this guy is playing terribly. Imagine the performances that Bellerin's putting in. And Maitland-Niles has thought, okay, well, I stayed because on a promise that, you know, I'll, I'll get game time. You know, I'm not getting game time. The guy in front of me is not playing well. So what is the point of me? Do, do you see what I mean? So the motivation at some point, even for those players, would it will just go away. And then you're going to have a, a more bigger problems once again, aren't you? Because people are just going to think, well, I can't be bothered because I could be in for one game and I will never get as many chances as, as that guy as Williams got, for example. So then you, you've got like a, this is where they start saying a manager loses the team or loses the squad because I'm sure he's he's losing some of the players already. It does make you wonder what he has seen in him and, and what all the managers seen in him. It's like David Maudsley has put there. What have three managers saw in Zaka that we don't seem to see? Does anyone actually know? Because you look at the number of times against Spurs that he'd be over on the left-hand side, he'd get the ball, and then he'd go, he'd stop. It's like he'd have a brain fart and go, oh, actually... Um, he'd have a quick glance forward and go, I don't like the look of that. And he'd always pass it sideways or more often backwards. And be, they'd be the only two things. You're thinking, well, hold on, how are we ever meant to get the ball to the, the, the people we've got up front if no one's going to give them the ball? And if, if his job isn't to pass to the people up front, then his job should be to sit in front of the back four. But then you see Ceballos going around and you're thinking, well, I don't know what Ceballos' job is either because like i always say you have three jobs as a midfielder you either defend the back or you create it in the middle or you pass it to the people in front of you and he's not doing any of those lot especially when he's massively out of position all the time 
Have you got any idea why he's doing that? Or is what is Arteta or any of the other managers seeing in Xhaka that, like David says, that we can't see? Because, quite frankly, it looks like he doesn't give a shit and he's not doing his job properly. Well, it's four managers because whoever's managing the Switzerland national team, you know, and, and, and there he actually plays well. Uh, so maybe we should be, you know, watching tape of what they do and, and, and follow it. But I, it, it is bizarre because he is universally respected um, on and off the pitch by his peers and just his peers because I, I don't see it. Um, I, I don't know very many people who do see it, even the most ardent backers of his, uh, including Andy um, and, and some others that have uh, kind of sang his praises in the past are, are just clueless as to why he keeps getting included. And, and, and it isn't like we have much to lose anymore by putting Maitland-Niles in that position. I mean, there are two people who need to be dropped for Maitland-Niles. In, in the lineup every single week. He can only play one of the positions, but he's playing neither of them. And to me, it's just it's bonkers at this point. That's the official football word is bonkers. No, of course. I mean, I, I stole this on from some. I don't even know who I got it from on Twitter. But it's key passes per 90 for Xhaka in his Arsenal career. So he started... 2016 17, 1.26 key passes per 90. 17 18, 1.07. 18 which is probably the first Emery season, I'm guessing, 1.43. Yeah. And then look at this from last season, 2019 20, key passes per 90, 0.55. And this season, 2020 2021, ne- key passes. Negative per four. 90. Negative four. <laughs> 0.13. I mean, honestly, like, what is that? That I mean, the amount of times he spends passing backwards to Gabriel is amazing. What's the stat? Key passes? Key passes per 90 minutes, 0.13. I, you're, you're, the statistical trend that you're talking about is clearly, I mean, that, that resonates with me. But, like, what is a key? Like, when you're watching the game, are you like, oh, I thought that was a great key pass? Uh, I mean, and, and of so, course, you have to use I'm, the accent like that so too. But I'm just, guessing they measure key passes as passes that that actually make chances or break lines, basically. So I that's just, that. I just, I just want to see, like, you know, the the, the XG and the, all that. I mean, I just want to like, do they notice it during <laughs> the game, or is that only so, like, oh, that's an X, that's a uh, not an XG, but that's a uh, oh, he dribbled past him. I mean, I. <laughs> Do, do, you, do you keep track of that as you go along? I just want to know the person that does that. Rudy's made yeah, a point here. He says, what a load of bollocks about Xhaka. Is Xhaka now our scapegoat? No, I don't think Xhaka's our scapegoat. Well, I know us Arsenal fans do like a scapegoat, but Xhaka is one of the problems. Xhaka, Bellerin, I think they're the two that we have the main problem with at the moment. And if you ever... First, midfield, names, on the, first names on the team sheet when there's really no rational reason for it. It does. I I can't see any sense of it. Talking about stuff I can't see any sense with. I'm going to share a screen with all you lovely people um, tonight. Uh, Martinelli's making his, his comeback game, and uh, look at that, people. Oh, I need to make it a little bit bigger. Um, we're playing in the in the cup, our under 21s, and we have lost two nil away at Wimbledon. Saliba got sent off in the 89th minute, and Akinola got sent off in the 80th minute, and we had uh, six bookings. So yeah, Martinelli 
there. Martinelli came off after at halftime. So uh, yeah, well done to Saliba there. He's finally he's finally had enough and he's come out swinging and got sent off. So, he's, a, he's a proper gooner now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought I'd share that little nugget of wonderment with you. Um, let's see what else people saw, are saying. I saw, the, um, I saw the stats for that game. It's quite it's quite interesting. Zero shots and like. 60-something percent position we had. How, how is our U21 team not better than, than AFC Wimbledon's? And, and and we had, I mean, this might be the answer or it might make it even more confusing, but Socrates was playing uh, in yeah. that game. And, I mean, I thought it was a U41 game when I first saw it, but, uh, I mean, th- th- that was one of the more experienced lineups that we could have had as a U21, and uh, and we and we can't even score against Wimbledon. This is this 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 virus has gone very very deep into the club. Blame Everything I say today is going to have to do with a virus. It's going to be virus. You were um, beavering away with some stats. What have you got for the lovely listeners? What can you tease them with? Your internet seems to be a little bit j- 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 occasionally. Is, is someone daring oh, to use it? the internet? Watch this. Okay, I'll I'll fix that in a second. But one of the other ones that I had, <laughs> this one's quite funny actually. This was from uh, the LT Arsenal account about Aaron Ramsey in his last two seasons: seventeen goals, twenty assists in four thousand six hundred thirty-seven minutes, a goal or assist every hundred twenty-five minutes. Arsenal entire midfield since Ramsey left: twelve goals, fourteen assists. In 16,282 minutes, a goal or assist every 626 minutes. Imagine that. I have a statistic for you. We fucking <laughs> suck. <laughs> in, in, in 100% of the last 100 games that we've played, we suck. Um, Rudy also makes a point. He says, uh, let's talk about our captain. It's like you've read my notes, Rudy. I'll go and find my notes about our captain. Um, diddly, diddly, where am I? I did have it here. Oh, here you go. Um, Aubameyang has played the full 90 minutes in all 11 Premier League games this season. He has scored one goal and one penalty, meaning two goals. Uh, so the first part of that, Mike, is would resting help him? And we have won two out of the last nine Premier League games. One versus Sheffield United, who have one point all season, and one we beat Man United with a, with a penalty. So that that's we were lucky to that. And when Sheffield United, we only beat them two one. Uh, is is has the time come when we start looking at Obama Young being the problem, and should we be resting him, or or do we look at other things? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't see why he can't be rested for a game. I mean, I, I was not in favor of resting him against Spurs. I was really hoping that the occasion would be one that he would rise to. And absolutely he did not. Um, he just looks lost out there. And I do think sometimes a game from the sidelines can, can help even with somebody as experienced and prolific in the goal scoring arena as he is. Um, I might be inclined to play him tomorrow and uh, for at least 60 minutes or so and uh, see if he can recapture his form with a, with a few other people around him that are uh, you know, that are maybe a little more creative these days, a little bit more energetic in the midfield uh, in the, uh, in the, in the younger folks arena. And then, um, you know, give, give Balogun a try on Sunday. I mean, why not? I'm not going to say that he's, you know, Balogun's going to be better than Obama Yang, but uh you know, it's time for a game off. He needs to kind of reju- rejuvenate, 
get that feeling of, of missing being out there of, you know, I would have done that differently because I think he's just jaded right now. I think he's jaded. He's lost. He's annoyed with what's going on around him. He misses his buddy who li- who moved to New York and um, he, he just needs maybe, uh, you know, to, to take a game off and Burnley's probably a good one to do it. Who moved to New York? <laughs> Some guy selling t-shirts. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, you completely you fold me there. I had no idea what you were talking about. Hey, what do you think? I think the opposite. I think he should play on Thursday against on Dork. That's what I, I say. Think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I said I'd play him on oh, Thursday and give him and a then, break on Sunday. Oh, okay. I thought you said just give him a break. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think he should, um, yeah, definitely play on Thursday. I think, remember, like, I can't remember Ian Wright ever going through this, but I remember like um, Ian Wright, any chance he got to score a goal, he lived for it. And that's what goal scorers are. They live for goals. So once he gets a couple of goals, I'm hoping that it will uh, improve. You know, so he did score in the Europa League, didn't he? In the first game, um, he, that cut across from Bellerin and he came in and flashed the ball in the back of the net. So he can... Play on Thursday. Play on Thursday up front. Him and just let him go. Let him let him have a, a run out. You know, consistently dropping him in midweek isn't doing anything either, is it? So I have this thing about consistently dropping first team players in midweek that it, it doesn't help their form or to for them to find form either. So I don't know. It's 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 a tough one because he's carried us for basically three years. Let's be honest. You know his goals have carried us, so he does deserve some sort of, of uh, you know, understanding, I guess. Um, when his his xG is so high, you know, he, he was literally taking ch- any chance that he got, but now he hardly gets a chance. So it, it must be frustrating for him as well. And and any chance that he does get, it's not a chance. It's not an Aubameyang chance. It's not with his feet or anything like that. It's usually a header or something that he has to work hard to, 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 to do. I can't remember the last time that (laughs) you mean, yeah, from across. Yeah. I can't remember the last time we saw a through ball to Aubameyang. I mean, when last did you see that? Um, FA cup final. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you've got that. So that's why, that's why I think if you, you know, if you mix him into the, if you want to call it the Europa league squad, you know, if you get some of that player mixture changed up a little bit, I mean, do it doesn't have to be the same front five all the time or, you know, or four out of the same front five, it can be different players. And and what you're trying to do is, is get connect, you get the midfield connected to Aubameyang in a way that uh, he likes to, he likes the ball played to him. Uh, You should play to his strengths um, because that's the only way we're going to get, I mean, if we're relying on him for two thirds of our goals, as bad as that is, uh, we at least need that back and then try to start finding secondary scoring because right now we have no scoring. <laughs> Did the manager ever said to the players, like, what, why aren't you playing well? What do you want from this side? Went to have a team meeting and go, what do you want from this side? Because um, Alan was saying on the podcast yesterday that, uh, that I listened to yesterday that there's been another bust up at the club because you've had, you've had a couple with, uh, was it Jack has had a couple? Well, I well, think what, what, I think Ruiz and uh, Ceballos yeah, is the one Ruiz, that seems yeah. to get into yeah. the. 
I think what this was was they had a um, <laughs> I call it the 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 Theo Walcott clear the air meeting, <laughs> the, the one that Theo always used to come out and tell us. But it's quite weird, wasn't it? That Theo used to tell us about this in um, in February or March after we'd been stuffed by Barcelona or or Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Then Theo would come out and say, "Yeah, we've we've had a team meeting, clear the air." Now we're having team meetings in in November, December, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we so they've had a team meeting with all the coaches and the players, and apparently the coaches have left, and then the players have got into each other basically, and apparently it ended amicably with you know this is how we're going to go forward. That but, all sounded uh, great, and then and then we shit the bed again on Sunday. <laughs> so I mean, what good did that? It, normally that meeting has a not necessarily a long lasting effect, but a immediate effect, and we've seen neither. So. <laughs> You know, I just, I just, I don't know what this group is capable of anymore. Uh, it, it just, there's so much broken about this assembly of people in the in the dressing room, in the boardroom, in the in the in every room around the Emirates. It's it's just, it's it's hard to know where to start uh, at this point. But it is it is so broken, and I don't know how it continues to be this way. Even if someone didn't know anything about football, you'd say, well, if you're putting 120 crosses in, do you have a big bloke up front who's used to, who's good in the air? And you go, I don't think Young has ever headed the ball because he's scared that he's, he might mess what's left of his hair up. He and three so three headers, three yeah. headers in three years for Arsenal. So, but we all know that. How do you know that off the top of your head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that. I was talking to Sean's mum about this, and even she doesn't even watch football that much anymore. And she was saying, "But isn't Obama Young quick?" I said, "Obama Young's quick. Uh, um, who else is there? Saka's quick, and, and uh, Lacazette isn't overly quick. But we should be do do to every other team what Spurs did to us. Now, I suppose we should talk about the Spurs game a little bit." Did uh, Femi? Did it remind you of the Leicester game? We're all, we're all shouting at the telly. They're going to hold us for sixty minutes. Bring on um, uh, Vardy, and then get us on the counter attack. We all knew that was going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. And we all know from football that what Spurs do, they park three or four buses and they let you attack, and then they get you on the break. And we, they got us on the break, and they did exactly the same thing twice. The same thing that Leicester did to us. How doesn't the manager see this coming? When all he has to do is look at Twitter. And we're, everyone's screaming at him. That's what you need to do as well as fuck off and kill Xhaka, which I think you should ignore. But how how can us, as people who know nothing about football, because if we did, we'd be doing something with, with our lives rather than sitting here criticising people who do it for a living. How how do we know and Arteta doesn't know? It's quite scary. Um, <laughs> this one's quite <laughs> scary for me because this is where I start getting worried. I, 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 to be fair, after the game, I felt quite optimistic i was like okay that wasn't as after the game yeah i thought i was actually the one in most of my group saying you know you know chair up it it can only get better you know this is rock bottom and we we, to be fair we weren't as bad as we've been in the last few weeks which says a lot but um for me it's quite well then it wasn't rock bottom then (laughs) then we're on our way back up again after the two no loss yeah so we my thing is, this is the same Mourinho tactic that he used against Wenger, and Wenger fell into the trap every single time. We just against who? Who was he managed Chelsea every single time? We knew what was going to happen, and there was no way to stop it. We knew 
that Son drops, uh, Kane drops deep and he gives it to to Son. He does that every game. Last game, Son was playing on the on the opposite side, the the right hand side. This game, of course, they know that are weak, and nearly every goal that we concede comes from that right side. It's, it's against Villa that what they scored three goals and a disallowed goal were all from that side. So Mourinho is not a fool; he's not anybody's fool. He knows exactly what he's doing, and we played right into it. It, it was like children just just handing. Isn't the candy. that kind of Arteta's job under Pep? Wasn't it kind of supposed to be about? film and tactics and 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 getting a sense i mean you know pep's pep's smart enough to know what to, how teams play anyway and and adapt but i mean wouldn't that kind of have been his role as an assistant coach is to specifically look at these opposing coaches and know what they're going to try to do so that when he's the head coach of a team that is playing against a, a jose Mourinho team especially this one where we know what their strengths are that that we could game plan for that, or or do you think he did, and the players just completely didn't carry it out? Because that's a possibility as well. What's quite funny, it's isn't still, it? Because it still reflects it, poorly on Arteta, but I mean, yeah. could he have yeah, just missed funny. that? Because one of the players, I, I remember uh, one of his early things. He said he tells us exactly what's going to happen on the pitch, and it always happens. I don't know if you remember that one of the interviews that the players gave. It might have been Louise, but one of them said he everything he tells us that's going to happen, it happens. But now he is like, he's like turned into like, he's just, it's weird because I said that I wouldn't do this, but honestly, if, if, turned I, into banger. if I turn, if I took the name Arteta out and the fact that I like the way he talks, I like what he says, I like him, I like him as a person. If I said, if this was Emery or oh, end of era of Wenger, how would I feel about these performances, these results, all of this? And he just looks lost, to be honest with you. He looks like he doesn't know whether to go defensive, go attacking, or, or it, it, now that he's not scoring, he feels the best way to rectify that is to go ultra attacking against a team that you know that's what they love. That they live for that. They didn't. They want to head the ball out a hundred times. They'll. They'll if they they'll still be there heading the ball out right now if it was up to them. They, that's what that's what Mourinho teams live for, and we played right. And and it's so hard to watch Arteta just look so lost. And just just make wrong decision after. Even when you look at the lineup, I mean, I've been saying this: the squad management is is pathetic. To be honest with you, you cannot go into a game and have four central midfielders on the bench, and you're playing that badly, and you can only make two changes. Like, come on! Like, there's managers begging for five subs at the moment. We're making two changes on bad performances. <laughs> it's it's so worrying. Do you think that we should get? a t-shirt printed that says we like him. We're not really ready for him to leave yet. We're, we're, we really want to see this turn around, but we're starting to get alarmed at some of the things that we're starting to see happen that are reminding us of Emery and, and late stage Wenger. And, we'll, and that t-shirt I think would sell massively. And you could put and a dot com at the end of it and that take you straight to the, the Gunas podcast. Like the other. <laughs> you know what? One, one question I'd like to ask is, have you ever witnessed a manager of any top team or any team, to be honest with you, go this low 
this this quickly and then recover for it to be i don't think i've ever seen it before but alex I'm, ferguson <laughs> but, that, but but that was a different age and that was a different age um i i i, I dare say he would have been sacked in less than a season if it was the current day manchester united oh this is it because leicester won the league they were around this they were around this position they sacked ranieri within a few games <laughs> yeah, that's a great example um, Chelsea won the Champions League. They didn't even get this low, and they sacked Di Matteo. It's that's. I mean, he wasn't experienced, was he? They just they just got rid of him quickly. Um, who else? There's been the multiple. The Southampton manager, someone Loki seventy three said. I think yes, I guess maybe, but you know, he he Southampton. What's the expectation? What finished tenth, maybe? I mean, I've never in any big club in Europe. I've never seen any anything like this before. As in, to go this low, keep the manager, and recover. It, it would be a miracle, to be honest with you. Someone's brought up a good point here, um, Richard Garrett. Anybody remember Arteta's loss when he managed one uh, managed City for a game? Does anybody know? Because I do. I've gone and found it against Leon. I, I think don't know why I bother asking you on. <laughs> Apparently, he was out against Leon in the 19th Jeez. of September 2018 during a Guardiola's touchline ban, and uh, they lost 2 1. So, yeah. no one can ever say. Home as well, Dan- yeah. Danny's done a brilliant job of guest picking because between the two of us, we have one really smart person. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're, one, you're one and a half smart people, and I'm negative, uh, <laughs> negative a half, but. Yeah, I remember when he uh, when he lost to Leon. Yeah, no, you don't. I don't. I don't even know. They remember they played Leon. I don't know. I don't even know who he is. But you know, <laughs> Leon. Where, where do we go from here? We can't sack him, can we? Um, if I was, I was just looking at the contracts. First, the, the problem with our, with I think part of the problem is we got. It's like trying to make a slap up three course meal, and you've got the Venga and you've got the Emery leftovers, and they're a bit rancid now. And Arteta doesn't want them, but yet he's been forced to try and make a lovely three course meal. It's not going to happen. But we look in the summer, Sabios's loan is up. Are we going to keep Sabios? Are we going to get another loan or are we going to buy him? I don't think so. Do you I think it's running its course, I think, at this point. I mean, I. I don't know how much if if he was available to be bought over the summer last year. I heard twenty five. I heard forty, which which was absurd. But I just don't know that he's consistent enough to you know to be what we need going forward. Especially if if there's any possibility of bringing in one of these other midfielders that we've been linked with, and now so is everyone else that has more money than we are. Uh, we do. Is Ronaldo about to score a penalty uh, against Barcelona? Yes, he is. Um, let's find him. Tell me, would you, he, he still got something. Tell me, would you keep? So I'm just going to go through the players that are going to go. There's five. Would you keep Sabayas? Would you offer him a loan, another loan, or would you buy him or say adios? Adios, amigo. Okay, next one, Femi. Um, let's look at the centre backs. Louise and Mustafi. Both of their contracts are up at the end of June. Would you try? Well, Mustafi's already said no. Um, Louise? Uh, no, um, I like him as a guy. But, <laughs> so we can sign him. We can sign him to a guy contract, which which is a lot less expensive. He just hangs out. Um, no, because he's hardly played as, as he this this season. Every every time he plays, he gets injured. And Mustafi's played zero Premier League games, so no thanks. It's all right. 
was on um was it i was on a podcast of you mike was it your podcast when i was on with sophie i think it was yeah a couple of weeks ago and i went and found something along the lines of david louise has played 53 games for arsenal and nine times during those it, games he have been was, subbed or sent off or injured yeah yeah some, uh, some, uh, I mean, I, I, I like I like him being around, especially with the younger Brazilian guys. I mean, I thought it was probably the reason that he was re-signed was uh, to kind of bed in Gabriel and 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 be there for you know some of the other uh, Portuguese-speaking fellows on on our team. But uh, I mean, next year, what? How much less is he going to have to offer than this season? And if we're not, repl- I mean, if he's still our first option, we're we're in trouble. Uh, we need to have younger, stronger, and more consistent guys who will uh, not get red cards every game, oh, or yeah. or a red head. Have you heard the rumours that uh, you leave too long gaps between speaking, young man? And I'm not, I'm not looking at screens. I have so a can't. respiratory virus at the moment. <laughs> I'm dying. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> The old Chelsea player Ramirez. He's. Uh, I always thought he was about five foot four, but he's not. He's five eleven. He um, he went from Chelsea to play in China. He was there for three years, and then he went to Palmeiras in Brazil, and he only played twenty two games. He's thirty three. Just been given and released, and there was talk that we want Ramirez at the club. I couldn't remember how oh tall God. he was. Is Can we sign Shevchenko as well? And and Ar- <laughs> and uh, in ten no, years, can we sign Aryan Robin? His agent isn't Kier, is it? So. <laughs> Has to be a Kia Kia client, doesn't he? That's true. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, right, next um, next players we're going to look at is uh, here we go. Özil and Socrates. Well, we know Socrates isn't playing because he, he's past it. He's he's playing for the under twenty ones, uh, and Özil. And we know Özil's not going to get a new contract. So, what's your thoughts on the fact that see Sabi- Femi on uh, Sabios, Macy, Mustafi, Louise, Özil, Socrates? I mean, that is going to free up best part of what. Six seven hundred thousand pound a week, maybe six hundred thousand a week in wages, yeah, and then will we see Arteta coming into his own and getting his own players? <laughs> that will um, <laughs> that might be a good compensation for the fact that we won't be in Europe. <laughs> all the all the wages, those guys' wages will probably that's probably our European um, what's it called sponsorship money or whatever you get for Europe, just saving on their wages. Um, no, we're not going to do Urzel talk. I don't think. Um, <laughs> I hear he's coming to my, he's coming to DC United is the latest I've heard. Oh, and that so, would be amazing, please. Uh, well, so so I can go in person and boo him some more. Uh, but <laughs> um, so I mean, we can't go any further down actually, DC United. So I, I, that would be interesting to see. But well, apparently he's got all the answers to everything. So you you guys might win the league where whenever he turns up. Um, no, it, it, it would be <laughs> it would be a it would be an interesting summer. It's one of, it's another one of those summers that we said that we will be waiting for um waiting for something to happen. Basically, uh, we had one of these summers a few years ago where Gazidis was promising us. Uh, I think it was 2014. He said, "Oh, wait till you see what we can do in this summer. Wait till you see what we can do in this summer." And um, it's about what you do when you when you get rid of all these all these players, all these wages, all these contracts. You know, we, we our squad is just ridiculous at the moment. I mean, I was looking at it today that um, Kalasana hardly played, uh, Maitland Niles hardly played, uh, Cedric made the bench once. Uh, there's so many of, and, and then you're not talking about Mustafi, you're talking about Ozil, Socrates. Like we are just 
wasting money, to be honest with you. It's just a wastage. It's just poor management. And that's that's one of the things that I'd really and love. These, and, and all these players we're talking about coming off the books, they're all leaving for free. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we're not getting we're not even getting four million pounds for any of those guys. Exactly, it's, it's yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we we have mismanaged. I mean, this club has been it's been just mismanaged from from the top to the bottom. We've been we're the, we're the Bernie Madoff of football clubs. Yeah, <laughs> we've been we've been had we've been had by agents. We've been bullied by players it's just disgusting way of 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 just I, I like when i try to get my head around it i'm like how did how can a club be run this way let alone a club that's supposed to be a giant big club you know that's got a big stadium training ground everything is is set up for success but you just mismanagement consistently changing direction we don't even know what the direction is now and I honestly thought that the man to to stop that from happening was Raul Sanyehi, except it was his hand in the till that was, you know, I mean, it, it was a different kind of mismanagement. He, It's just, it's, you know, you go from one kind of dysfunction to the other, but, uh, but Femster, I, I, I agree with you. We're, we're just the easy, both on and off the pitch. We're the easiest mark for someone looking to take advantage of somebody. And we're like, we're supposed to be this 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 just huge worldwide football brand, and I I just honestly think people in the boardroom, in the in the sponsorship arena, in, in on the pitch, coaches they just laugh at us, and it's just it's so much more than any one person. It's I you know I'm looking on the screen and seeing Aaron Ramsey playing for Juventus in the Champions League against Barcelona, and you know this is what just another it's just yeah, one thing well, after another. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I, I mean we are the easiest mark and 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 it just I don't know how you dig out of that. I it takes maybe a decade to dig out of that because it it's it permeates so far through the club. You can't just make one signing or one boardroom change or one coaching change and dig out from underneath that because it's systemic through the entire organization. And I guess right. that is why and I guess that's why people blame Stan Kroenke. Um, you know, they blame him for reasons that aren't really fair in my opinion. But I mean, the one constant that you can say is, you know, of all these things happening, who's at the very top. And, and I, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's the answer. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know Drew always has, you know, a lot to say about Kronky in terms of investment. I, I kind of get it, but in terms of management of i mean i'm i'm not really one for companies and whatnot or comparing companies to football teams but imagine a um i mean i i i watch i watch uh, nfl so a robert Kraft, for example imagine something like that happening under his watch as in his club or or the patriots are going so downhill and he just he just doesn't even recognize it which is what i see like they just they hire the wrong people. They put their trust in the wrong people. They, but it, if it's a one-off, I can understand. But when you're continuously having this cycle of, of people just coming in and out of the club, and it's like we're going this direction now. We're going the Sven Sven Mislintat direction. Then we're going the data. Then we're not going data. Then we're sacking scouts. We're sacking our whole scouting team. We're going Rouse and Hey. We're going. Edu, we're going Kia Jarabchin, we're going it's 
it's all a big mess. And until you just say, okay, we need to just stop and let's rethink what we're doing here and make a proper plan for God's sake. Well, and, and you know, the, the difference between us and Liverpool is that, well, yes, but, but the, but the, the similarities are actually more striking than the differences. It's just that the differences have had such a massive impact all the way through the club. I mean, you got two American owners who don't know shit about, about football, much less, uh, Premier League football, and you know, and therefore put their trust in a group or a or a dynamic of of management to that that is supposed to be an expert on that. And the difference is that that Fenway Group got got shit right, and we ended up with Arsene Wenger being the consolidated control of everything happening in the club because he had kind of held it together with with tape and glue and gum and stuff for so many years and kept us in the premier in the, uh, in the champions league while we were arguing amongst owners over who would be the majority owner. And, um, and, and that's just led to one bad appointment over the next. And, and, you know, it really, this, this squad isn't going to, this club is going to be fixed from the bottom up. It's going to be fixed from the top down, but I don't know how many times they can keep reconfiguring things. Um, uh, you know, and and the play on the pitch can be fixed from the bottom up, at least temporarily. I mean, we need better players, we need better coaching, we need better tactics, we need all of that. But um, you know, we're going to continue being suckers and making poor decisions and and being taken advantage of if things don't change from the top. And and you know, I, I just don't know which is the most important to start with. And I'm looking in the chat, and I, I think. Some people are talking about Wenger and David Dean and Gazidis. One thing that I'll say about Wenger, I mean, I was as much, not Wenger out, but I was, I thought it was time for a change and everything. But where we've now, this is going to be really controversial, I'm going to say, but bear with me, I'll explain. Where we are right now, the model that we've decided to rip up and put this model in place, Wenger would be the perfect manager right now for the team that sounds really stupid and Arteta would be the perfect assistant for him Arteta tactically and brain wise we can see that there's something there management as a manager he's making a lot of (laughs) a lot of mistakes but Wenger if he was manager right now we have a vacuum right now of leadership you have literally got Vinay Edu and Arteta, that's it. You, d- where? Well, that's it. There's nothing else. They've sat. They've got rid of Farmy. They've yeah, got Tim, rid of- Tim Lewis, but that's not affecting the on the on uh, yeah. on pitch performance. If you had someone like Wenger in charge right now, he would literally be able to shape, model the club the way he wants to. Now he wouldn't have a Gazidis just button heads. We knew that they were button heads. No one needed to tell us. He doesn't need to tell us in his book which he didn't anyway. We knew that Gazidis didn't. He didn't tell us much, did he? (laughs) But if Wenger was there now, he could literally, because he has the right, in the core, Wenger has the right values. He knows the values that he wants out of Arsenal. He knows what he wants Arsenal to stand for. He knows that he will not let Arsenal Football Club get taken for mugs, to be honest with you, which at the moment I feel like we are getting taken for mugs. He knew that he had to stand up for the club. These are the types of things that we're missing right now. You know, we 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 
yes, Wenger is not a good manager, but if I, like I said, if Arteta was a coach under Wenger or assistant under Wenger, I think we would be in a different position. I don't think we'd be as, as lowly as we are right now. And that's just my opinion. The model that we've built right now is built for Arsene Wenger, not for a young, inexperienced manager who's literally sinking before our very eyes. Right. I don't um, know about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I respect the opinion and and I can see where you're going with it, but I I don't. I think the the, the game in 2016 had passed him by, uh, or he was too stubborn to 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 keep up with it. Uh, he thought it would come back to him, I guess, and and it didn't. And so I I don't think anything's changed since then. I think it's it's continued to be uh, a little too uh, money driven, a little too. Uh, you know, tactic driven. I think the players that have success in the Premier League uh, are very different, have different skill sets and different personalities than they did in, in the in the early 2000s when he brought in all of his fancy Frenchmen uh, who dominated the league at that point. And and it's just, I I, I don't see that happening. Uh, it was controversial. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can go, but well, and, and the fact that I disagree with it doesn't make it wrong. It probably actually supports uh, your opinion more than anything else, but um, I, you know, could we be doing better than we are right now? I don't see how we could be doing worse. I think he could keep us up. <laughs> I'm going to go back to a point that someone made in the chat. It was uh, yeah, and Beggar doesn't listen to assistance. That's true. He, so, 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 uh, as Darren said, um, you know, Arteta being his assistant would have just made Arteta into Steve Boldmock too. Why can't I find it? As Richard Garrett said, uh, oh, here we go. How about this, Femi? Um, Richard Garrett, Gwendozi carried Unai Emery for many games. Was it right that to have loaned him out and Torreya? Oh, Do you think that we would be better off if they were both still at the club? I don't want to be revisionist about this um, well, because we're doing bad. It, it, it's hard not to be, right? Yeah, two. I mean, I mean, <laughs> okay. As a player, his drive, yes, good. He's uh, immaturity, not good. He's he's what you you got to remember is his goals and assists record, not good at all. But is he better than what we have? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Is Torreira and Genduzzi Torreira and Genduzzi would were the future when we signed them? They were the future. They were we dubbed them as the future. Emery messed around with Torreira so much that he didn't know whether he was coming sure. or going. Kills me. That 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 I saw nothing wrong with Torreira, except yeah. his play suffered when he when he was screwed shifted with. I mean, around yeah, yeah, shifted around, and um, we uh, we missed uh, we missed Genduzi. I would say we missed Genduzi. Uh, I'd say we that's something that I'm a bit worried about with Arteta. Is he keeping some grudges that he doesn't need to be keeping? Because I don't, because obviously I get where he's coming from mentality, shift the culture, shift the mentality. But when you fall out of faith, when too many players are falling out of favor or just disappearing into nothing, basically, then are you really shifting the culture? If the results are bad, what culture are you shifted? There's, there's, there's no culture to shift because you, you're just going to have a demoralized squad. I think the Gwendozi thing depends on what you believe and what you hear, though, because I mean there are there are, I mean, I think after the Brighton debacle, in which case, in which he was both showing why he's so valuable to the team and why he's such a liability to the team at the same time, 
Um, you know, only guy that had Leno's back in that game, but then also the way he went about it, you know, as, as far as the whole wage packet thing, uh, is just childish and ridiculous. Uh, but I mean, apparently it, it goes well beyond that went on to his behavior on the, on the training pitch. It went into how he reacted to a meeting with, um, you know, with, with the club about his discipline, uh, that appear- he did apparently not show the same level of remorse. And, you know, if you're looking at a new coach who is trying to trying to establish himself in our dressing room and you have a guy who's not only showing through his actions, but in a meeting, giving in- giving indications that he's not really learning from his, you know, from his, his situation, then that could be that could be ten- that could potentially be a threat to chemistry. And so I don't know that that isn't what happened and why they you know, why he got blackballed a little bit more than you might think he should have for what happened. And, and if that's the case, you know, you, you got to not let there be trouble and players like that in the dressing room, but getting rid of him certainly hasn't re- resolved the issues in the dressing room because they're still there. Torreira, I mean, that he was a $24 million a pound signing that I think, you know, should be worth 50 million right now if we had utilized him correctly and we just haven't. And that's, that's, that's a miss. I really loved him. At Arsenal, I thought he offered a lot, and we could certainly use him in the midfield right now. I think Torreira, um, no, uh, Gwenduzi's contract is up at the end of this season or next season? Next season, so oh, he's not going to sign a new contract, is he? Um, he's we'll end up selling him for like yeah, £11 million. Pounds. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to sell him. You're going to have to sell. I mean, Torreira is doing well in, uh, in Madrid, so you're going to have to sell. Terreira. So then you could, you, you, could, you could sell Guendouzi for probably ten to twelve million pounds to Germany, and then in two years he'll go to France for about forty to fifty million pounds. That's exactly what's going to happen with him. Look at this from Waffles. He ain't shifted shit. He's alienated most of the potential leaders in his team. And and let's can we talk about that? Because I mean, I, I I'm I've been Arteta in just vehemently uh, since since the start, and he's just. I, I, we may have touched on this a little bit earlier. I have a very bad short-term memory right now, but he's making some decisions in man management uh, situations that that are just bewildering right now. Thomas Partey injury thing. Um, the you know the the way he's handled the the William to Dubai thing. I mean, it's the one thing I, the one thing I thought we could count on Mikel Arteta changing was his man management compared to Unai Emery, who was awful. And everything is unraveling for him in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what you could go on and on <laughs> with the man management. I think he's been dealt a it's bad. Shocking bad, me. Yeah, it, he's been dealt a bad hand with um, our number ten. To be fair, I'm not going to mention his name. That's a bad hand to be dealt because you know the club. Uh, the club seem to have hired two managers and given them preconceptions of a player. So they've, I'm guessing in the interview, they've said, well, this guy is troubles. It just seems that that's something like that. But then what the club haven't done is actually done what they needed to do, which is shift the player out. And then what they missed, they made so many mistakes of, you cannot have a massive squad with players that are, clicks with other players that you are alienating basically you're gonna run into problems if the results don't fall for you if if you if now you've got Urzil not playing you've got 
Um, he's make Kalasnach not playing, Mustafi not playing, and the results are bad. They are they are not. Listen, let's be let's be real. Footballers are not robots. They are humans, and they are talking behind his back. They are stirring stuff somewhere or another. Urza was stirring stuff on oh, Twitter. Yeah. He's stirring on Twitter. So I, that I means he's waiting until he's gone. He's definitely stirring within player groups. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that players will be talking now. They'll be like, "This this guy, like he thought, come on, he he he's not the real deal, is he? Like I'll be here long after he's got all those little things that you, you that we think these guys are humans. Let's be honest about it." Yeah, and Ozil is a popular figure in that lo- in that dressing room. Yeah, I mean, and for better or for worse, he he has a lot of sway still, and and it's and and we know how close he is with Kalasinac, and and uh, I was going to say Flamini, but I guess Flamini probably doesn't have much influence anyway. But I mean, they, they, it's until he is gone, and literally just maybe a year or two gone, um, his impact is going to continue to be felt. Uh, I, I you know I just can't wait until all that. You know the twenty five percent of our supporter base that's here just for him uh, leave along with him because it's just it's it's just a toxic environment as long as he's anywhere involved. It's like and that. Chris got a um, he set up a um, an online petition and uh, yeah, he's just in a moron and it's seventeen thousand people have signed it. Well, it's probably seventeen thousand times that he's had different email addresses. <laughs> there's some bloke on Twitter and he's got uh, if. Uh, in the UK, there's a petition.org, I think it's called. And if it gets, is it 100,000 signatures, then it has to be brought up in Parliament. And they have to discuss it if they don't move it on for some <laughs> and, this, and this is about this is about Ozil being moved on? It must be re-registered as a player and used. Now, this that sums oh, up the, the intellect level of some of our supporters, where you think, oh, yeah, we'll just get a petition up and then make Arteta play in Mayfem. It's ridiculous. I can see yeah. John. Bur- I can see uh, John Burkow bringing that up in, in in Parliament. He's a gooner. Is he still the speaker? No, no he's oh, gone. he's gone. All right. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have him on the pod again. Now that he can talk freely. Yeah. Did you want to say that for me? No, no, no. I just find it interesting that we uh, we we hold on to these these players, and I, I go back to the days where we were losing players like Vieira and um, players like Henri and me literally almost bursting into tears and i just think now we're holding on to players and 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 that i just think why are we fighting about these players they're not even they're nothing compared to what we lost back in the days you know and back then we used to say there's no one player bigger than the club and now it seems that there's some certain players that are bigger than the club and it should never be the case ever 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 so the sooner that we break this up if it takes Arteta to do it unfortunately for Arteta it's not just that there's so many issues that when all your underlying stats say that you're bottom four club there's a ma- your shots conceded, your shots taken, your goals scored, your like everything, and it's not just for like half a season. It's like for for almost a year now. Every single stat says that you're between fifteenth and twentieth. That's not that's very scary, and that's not on. To be honest with you, that's where you you start saying, "Hold on a minute, mate. You you got a." You gotta do something different. Not just keep throwing the same thing at the wall. It's, it's not. It's not worked for a year, so it's not automatically just gonna work. Talking about having issues, a little something that I've written down. Um, my, my, well, 
Do, do we want to talk about the Bellerin foul throws? If we do, I'll do that after. Oh. <laughs> um, right, I'll put here. What happened with Party? He just walked off just as Spurs started their counter-attack for the second goal, leaving it a five-on-two in their favour. Arteta shoved him back on, and then they scored. So this is the Arteta quote. I was trying to push him. I don't think he realised the gravity of the situation when he left his position. But probably it was because he was in a lot of pain. There's nothing we can do at the moment to resolve that. It was too quick. We were through. We were through. I think it was a four against three situation for us to play the final ball. And we were through. And suddenly they are coming to us. And Thomas is walking to me. And I tried to push him. I haven't spoken to him. I don't know when this was taken. Um, when this quote is from I don't know exactly how it happened I felt something really serious I will look at it and we will talk about it now a few stats from that apparently our party is now out for two to three months it's yeah. Arsenal so you could add Arsenal VAT on that and it could be six months right he's been out in his entire career he's been out injured twice uh, last season for Atletico hamstring injury missed one game 2015-16 hamstring injury missed five games now since he's been with us he started four of the seven premier league games he's been here for and he's come on once and gone off twice injured mike what do you make of that how could this be going wrong wrong already we suck um, <laughs> you, you, you get forced to be in a position where you try to do too much and ultimately you know your your body suffers for it i mean he, he wasn't that badly hurt, pr presumably initially, but he rushed back, and uh, and I, you know, how do we know that that he wasn't limping to the sidelines in a in a way where most people wouldn't have even been able to walk? But he, you know, he, I, I, I disagree with Arteta there. I think he was in the wrong, um, you know, if if he was, I, I think it's wrong to question his heart. Uh, and, and wrong to question. I mean, uh, you know, he's only been with us a month, a month and a half or so, but that he's not known as a player who's soft or, you know, who avoids contact or, uh, or pressure filled situations. I mean, he was brought here because he's kind of a, a destroyer with, you know, with, with skill and it was exactly what we've been looking for. So to, to criticize his, his personality or his, his, um, what's I'm struggling for the word, but his, intensity uh because of that injury i think is the wrong example to set um as for why he's gotten hurt i mean that's just arsenal I, I i don't know how to explain it uh people get hurt when they come here and they get hurt worse and they get hurt for longer and they get and they get better slower and they take longer to get good once they do get better and and that's just the way it works I, it doesn't matter who which lewin or or uh or, or which other uh doctor is in charge of our people but it's just an injury fest. Didn't you have and one of the Lewins on your podcast recently? With the Lewins? Yeah, I'm sure you no, did. No, I'm, I've, I've, I've been. Somebody did actually. I, I saw that, but I, they're, they're on our list. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm working on it. What do you make of all this, Fem? See, this is another um, sign of panic, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, because There's a lot of signs. A, a week ago, I we had, I think Darren Arsenal had said. He heard parties out for six weeks. <laughs> That's what he said on, on on the thing. No, two weeks ago actually. And then Arteta randomly last week said, "Oh yeah, he's pushing me to come back to training. He's pushing me to come back, and we'll see how the scans are." Now, for me, that's 
it's just pure panic as in disc is so avoidable okay fair enough you you think he's ready scans might show he's ready but you know as a manager you you take your time you look at you assess every situation you think of how many games you're playing you think of what's to come and you think is it worth the risk okay so you decide it's worth the risk okay now on his part mr party i'm gonna say he's a man that played for simeone for many years i guarantee you if he made that move and Simeone, he, would, he wouldn't have even thought about it, to be honest, to come off the pitch in a Simeone team. At the, most, <laughs> at the most, he would have been on the floor. Like someone said here, I think someone said, Nick says he would have been falling to the ground, screaming to the ref to stop the game. <laughs> That's what he should have done. You do not walk off the pitch. Wild, I've seen uh, that. Even, yeah, I've seen Arteta. I saw it when, when when we were allowed to go to the stadium. I've seen him push, tell players. I saw, I think, Maitland Niles rolled off the pitch once while the game was still going on. You know, when you're down and you, you're near the touchline and he, he kind of went off the... And he told him, get back on the pitch so the game can stop. You are an experienced player. That play- They're not going to stop the game, though. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. Fair you're, enough. You're, they wouldn't. Have, they might not have stopped the game, but imagine a Mourinho playing do, player doing that. Well, they would have grabbed his head, and yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that, that he could have done is grabbed his yeah, head. A Mourinho player would would have not. I mean, Mourinho would have actually gone on the pitch and and dragged the player off if he ever did that. You you cannot. That, I mean, that's a rookie mistake from all of them all the way around. But now we are the the consequences are. are dreadful to be honest because he's looked so good and he's only played like three and a half games and it's so it's so sad now we, we're literally going to be without him for majority of the season now if you're talking two months and the two months that he's missing is now the two months that there's no international football and there's non-stop <laughs> Premier League football and there's no European <laughs> and there's no European football so it's literally he's missing league game after league yeah, he's game. Gonna, he's going to miss about 14 league games in two months. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, it's 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 just when you're locked out, you're locked out, isn't it? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you just... You can't... You, you got to find some other things in your life at this point to to, <laughs> to, 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 to like, live your life about because, I mean, it it's, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. We might crawl out of 15th. We might not. But I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to look at the bright side because I I just can't, there's no explanation. I can't take it anymore. The bright side is that I'm I'm a sucker for this. We're still only like four or five points (laughs) off of the. Off of like fifth or sixth or something like that. Someone put a thing up that Man United were in the similar stage last season. You need a run of two or three games. And also, we've played. Where's that going to come from? We've played four of the top five teams away from home. Yeah, but we've got zero zero points from them. I know. Those were all the bright spots that we were talking about four weeks ago. And, (laughs) and, you know, and hey, we got Leeds United, Aston Villa, and Burnley, and and those games coming up, sandwiched around a a difficult game against, uh, against Spurs. And and we can't even. I mean, we're not beating Burnley on Saturday on Sunday. Oh, we're not. Cool. Someone is going to get a walloping from us sooner or later. Well, yeah, so we don't. Bondock is going to get a walloping <laughs> from us. This is this is my thing. Is if we were like 
losing 3-2 or 4-3 or something and having shots. I mean, we used to, you know, lose like 2-1 on the Wenger where the, the opposition would have two shots and we would have like 35 shots or something. That was painful. But this is just like, it's got to the point where you, you just watch the game thinking, well, there's nothing to even be angry about because there's nothing happening. We don't create chances. We don't shoot. That's more worrying because... You know, in football, they always say a striker that misses a lot of chances, you know, at least he's getting in there. We, we don't create anything, which is the biggest worry. And well, we, it's and, like and we have the ball. It's not like we're trying to walk it in, but we have the ball in, a, in, an, in an attacking position and we don't take shots. Um, yeah. Bellerin, I think, did that a couple of times <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's just take a, you know, take a freaking shot. Make the, make the goalkeeper do something. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe he'll you know yeah. he'll he'll punch it back at you and he'll he'll do a leno um and and we can get a rebound i mean we're just not even testing them yeah keepers are literally getting paid to do nothing against us at the moment but the wolves keeper didn't make a save or maybe one i think the the uh Lloris made one save from lacazette that was that was it the whole game and that's every single that's unbel- that's what i don't get I, I can't and then the other thing that's happened is he's totally abandoned every principle of football that he came in and said this is our principle this is our principles the playing out from the back is totally disintegrated that's gone now i, I don't even see that anymore that's we, we, we're not doing that anymore we it's like panic stations <laughs> it's just so weird Ah, Danny, well, Danny, fix this for us, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to sort itself out eventually. We, we're not getting relegated. We probably won't even finish bottom half of the table. No, I mean, these things, uh, th- there is a regression to the mean. I mean, we are a shit club. We're not a 15th place club in the Premier League, although the st- you know, at the moment we are with the statistics. Are, I mean, it's not like we're underperforming, you know, and just getting unlucky. We we belong where we are, but we're not going to end there. But it's it, which is why people talk about relegation. I mean, this, they're just stirring shit up. Do you understand how what the difference between fifteenth and eighteenth is right now? Um, those teams in eighteenth are are not climbing. What what is it? Thirteen points to seven or fifteen points to seven, something like that. Thirteen. Yeah. I mean. It's going to take five or six weeks for for those teams to get to where we are right now, and the hope is that we get a couple points in the next five weeks from our games. But this is not where we need to be, and and you know, it, I just have to laugh at it at this point. I mean, I try to desensitize. I'm the kind of guy that sticks my head in the sand because getting angry is not going to do anything to change it. Um, oh. You know, just uh, we have no god given right to be top four all the time. Uh, but this is this is kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah, I was watching Southampton last night. They barely beat Brighton. They, they were lucky to beat Brighton. And so, I mean, like you were saying, we've got 13 points. Sheffield United won. West Brom and Burnley have both got six. And all those teams are shit. Sheffield United will probably go down. West Brom are definitely going down. And then if we win two games, that means it's on 19 points. We're back up the top of the top half of the table. Well, we've got a decent run of games. So this is – we're going to – don't panic, people. It's, but, not- but this is the conversation that we're having right now, though. <laughs> if we could, we could get 19 points by Christmas, we'll be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. And um, the other topic I want to talk about, I'll start with you on this one, Femi. There have been, stop me when you know where I'm going, there have been 16 foul throws in the Premier League this season. <sighs> Bellerin has made five of them. 
How is that acceptable? Apparently, the point that he's making, we were talking about it on the the, the show after the Spurs game, and Daytac was in there um, telling us all off that we were wrong, that you are allowed to lift your feet off the floor, but the problem that Bellerin is making, the ball must be behind your head when you release it. Yeah, either Mike's having a turn or he's, he's bored. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on how a player can make five constant foul throws? Um... I mean, this is just a weird one because when he does it, you can actually see it now. Uh, that's the worst part. It, 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 before, I'd never noticed it. And I think what, what someone said was, I think one of the when he did the second one, he did two in one game against Liverpool. When he did the second one, he actually mouthed the words, I've been throwing like this all my life. Sure. So now you actually see. Uh, do you know what actually made me more angry than the Bellerin foul throws? The, the Tierney long throws. Those were oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, so Tierney winds up two times in this game to take a long throw, and there was nobody in the box, no one on the near post. No, he didn't send a defender up. He didn't nothing, and he just throws it straight to a Spurs head, who just heads it away. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? Like, what the set piece coach is this? What he's trained? What is going he, on? Rory Delap, he is not. <laughs> but Rory Delap, when he wind up to take a long throw, especially against us, they would send uh, what's his name, Shawcross and Hoof, all of them to 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 dis- disrupt um, Almunio, whoever it was in goal at the time, and uh, and it would be panic stations in our in our goal. We literally get Tierney to throw a long a long throw to Lacazette and Aubameyang, and you're thinking that well, that's really going to trouble them, isn't it? <laughs> Weird, weird decisions. <laughs> Have you got any? We will talk about the ongoing football thing with Denver Bar in a minute. I just want to mention it. It's, if it wasn't so pathetic, it would be uh, it would be funny. Um, John, what yeah, do you I'm, I'm seeing something about Denver Bar, but I don't oh. know what it is. So you'll you'll enlighten me. I will do. <sighs> so, have you got well, any thoughts, Bellerin? Or should we just... uh, yeah, he sucks. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I mean. I, I, this is almost this is almost going to sound like support of him, but but don't get me wrong. I I, I don't understand what's going on with him right now, um, or at any point, I guess, in the last couple of years. But is it possible that enforcement is not um, uh, applied evenly in the Premier League? I mean, it, they, you know, there there are certain plays in sports. Um, you know, there's rules in basketball about, you know, coming off the line during a free throw too early. And it's just kind of known that, you know, and, and, and previously uh, before VAR with penalties, uh, you know, coming off your line as a goalkeeper or encroachment that, you know, there's, it's just not really frequently enforced. Let's just put it that way or not enforced evenly. Um I kind of feel like that's the same way with the foul throw thing. And and ever since that Liverpool game, I think Bellerin's been marked um, where, you know, they are staring at him uh, as he throws the ball in and, and ready to blow the whistle at any time. That said, it shouldn't have happened once, much less five times. And, and it, it's that the last one the, against Spurs. I mean, I literally, I think he was kind of searching. So he, he, he was going like this for about five minutes before he finally threw it in. And I'm like, He's got it's got to be on his mind. He's got to be thinking, okay, put the ball behind your head. He's got to be going through the checklist because it's taking him forever. And then he still did it. And 
I mean, that is a problem that should get you that's that's that should get you benched at this point. I mean, you and 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 yes, I know that the impact of throw-ins. I think one of my uh, uh, my sons he was in a game one time, and all the parents were whining because the decision on the side about whose throwing it was was. You know they were, they got a couple of them wrong, and everyone was screaming as parents at youth soccer do, do or youth football, and and, um, and and the referee was like, you know, at this level, seventy six percent of throw-ins end up with the other team within five touches anyway. So what do you, you know? Stop complaining. I know that's not the case at the at the professional level, but the impact of it is probably not that great. But it's just you know, if you can't do the one simple thing, then what are you doing? Are you going to bed, Danny? <clears throat> Danny looks like he's going to sleep. <laughs> no, I've got I get oh, I get really cold hands, so I've got a hand warmer here. So I'm, I'm not playing um, the, li- the life of Danny. I, I learn something new every ten minutes. That just just wow. on that the the Bellerin thing. What what's funny is I actually saw a comment from a Liverpool fan about that, and he says Trent does it more than Bellerin that he he takes the most foul throws. So what you're saying it's quite weird. Where you're saying that maybe the referees have his cards. Mark, oh, and I, I think that's that's such a weird thing for referees to, to to look at. I mean, someone in the comments mentioned Kane going in and nearly injuring Gabriel. Why don't they have that card marked? Why is that not it's something Lincoln. that they have marked? That he's he's nearly killing, you know, yeah. trying to destroy it's players' careers. Doing that against a career in the Korean league, and the player went over just like Kane did, landed yeah. on his broke his neck and three vertebrae. Whoa. I mean, it's it's coming well, with there's Kane. That, there's, coming. there's the way that there's the way that he dives. I mean, there, he's yeah. he practices these dark arts, and you know, I, if, if he played for us, I'd probably say more power to him. But I mean, it, it it's it, it is a weird thing to get marked for. Uh, it, it's something that's easy for referees to call. It doesn't bother anybody except makes him look like an idiot. But you know, that said, <laughs> how hard is it to to? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you could go back and look at them. They're foul throws. It's not that they're not foul throws, so you can't complain that they're calling him more often than anybody else if he keeps doing it. But I'd like some bored person to go and look at every Premier League game this season and count how many cow foul throws there were. Like, like I think it was you, Femi, that said that the referee's looking for it. The video I saw today, the referee was standing almost in line. The penalty spot was there, and he was standing outside the box level with it, and Bellerin was all the way over here. And as soon as Bellerin threw it, the referee went, no, blew it, um, shook it, it went like that. They should do a special like like the the Sky Sports or whoever's broadcasting the next game should should do like a top view and like put the lines on there and like yeah they should do like a like a throw in cam (laughs) where where after each throw in they can analyze like you know yes it was or yes it wasn't foul throw right Um, some people have been can you VAR a throw a throw in like if we scored off a throw in and and the other team uh, can they buzz him to like check to see whether the throw in was foul or not and take the take the goal back surely not because man united scored a goal from the ball being out of play the other day and i don't know what the var didn't bother to check that <laughs> so i'm sure they're not they're not checking who knows what var does anyway i mean i, I saw a var decision last night in the um Oh, yeah, the, the penalty decision. Yeah, I was like, "What is going on? Is this really what football is now?" Like, what? I mean, seriously. Anyway, that's for another day. Yeah. Well, that's the kind. That's the kind of call that goes against uh, you know fifteenth and sixteenth place teams. <laughs> <laughs> and people in the chat have been talking about what's going on in the PSG v. Yeah, I've, I've just seen something on TV. The game seems suspended. 
Denver Barr, who is a player that we I think we've been after a couple of times back before he, he retired to Turkey. He sat on the bench and the line, and I think he's gobbing off at something that, that didn't didn't go, and he wasn't happy about it. So the fourth official gets hold of the referee and says, "Book the black bloke." And then Denver Barr has lost his shit, and then de- the game has been suspended, and Denver Barr has been sent off for it. Fucking hell. Oh. You'd think people would learn and go, nah, book the ball bloke. Book the bloke sitting down. Book the bloke with the blue boots. Book the bloke who Arsenal keep trying to buy when he was good. I'm, guessing, I'm guessing this game was... Well, I'm not going to get started with that. 19 minutes, I think it was. Have you seen, have you seen the videos of it? No, oh, I've, I've just seen it. It was on uh, during... Because all the games are in, at the half now, so they, yeah. they showed it. it. It was at the half or, or in the 40th minute or something like that. And both sides, I think, walked off. Can he have an excuse for saying that? I mean, especially in this this time where you really need to be careful of of how you describe anybody uh, of of any color or sexuality or anything like that or any religion. You can't just can't just say that. So uh, I mean, literally, everybody's wearing a number. I mean, isn't the number <laughs> a good way? I mean, you know. Although he might, if he's on the bench, then yeah, yeah, that that's ridiculous. And and from a referee of you know, they're supposed to be. Uh, keeping the peace not not causing the problem so you got any thoughts on that Fem? um i'm just trying to keep up with it i just saw them all walk off um i'm actually lost for words i'm like <laughs> how can something like that even happen that that's just ridiculous amazing isn't it i mean i'd love to know which country the uh, officials are are from I'd love yeah. to know where they're from because we've had a few of these um, language things where certain words that we know in our society probably are not to be used um, are being used in you know in in some other countries. But if I go to you know, away, well, well, might say. It's a bit crazy. Um, yeah, I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to see if we have any questions on on Twitter. By the way, that's why I'm quiet. We don't. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to say. No, that's the game is in. The referee, Sebastian Colchescu. So I'm guessing. Uh, oh, official. Yeah. Guessing somewhere in Romania, maybe. Yeah. There is. There are all four of them are from Romania. Romania. Romania doesn't have the best. Um, the best teams, does it? With uh, with with issues. Uh, uh, part uh, of the. This, this is another thing. I mean, like. You're looking at officials in the Champions League. How, what, what criteria? I mean, wh- which countries are they getting? At? What Romanian referees in the Champions League? I mean, are we being serious? Like, so what level are they? Are they refereeing there? It's just quite, it's quite. I think they quite a weird one, isn't it? Um, we all know the whole ref situation with the referees. Like, there's no English referees going to the world at uh, the last or going to the next World Cup. So uh, it's just. Pierre Luigi Collini, just let him to referee everything. He'd come out of retirement, he's going man and he's a little electric buggy. But yeah, that's um that's what people are talking about. Uh Femi, you saying no, no questions on Twitter, Danny. Oh, got one on from uh Matt L. Roberts. I'll start with you, Femi. He says, Can or both of you, can you name three positive things right now for the club? Personally, he says, one, the Arsenal women, two, players coming back from injury, three, this podcast. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. <laughs> I'll let Mike go first on that one. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the players coming back from injury, I think, are the one. You know, Martinelli is a positive. Saka is a positive. Um, 
and the Black Friday sale on uh, on selected items on the Arsenal Direct uh, was is a positive for the holidays. Although nothing that you want is actually on sale; it's all the shit that you don't want. So, um, and the fact that I uh, I might be around to see the second half of the season, although I'm not sure that's a positive. <laughs> um, um, Martinelli, Martinelli is back. Got a game tonight. That's a big positive. If he gets a game under Arteta, that is. Um, we'll ruin him young, too, though. We'll ruin him. The young players or injury. The young players. The young players are positive. Um, I mean, I've I've got like a real loving for Emil Smith Rowe. I, I think he's. He's um he's excellent. Um he's not you know, these these young players, their stock is rising in my eyes, you know, and they will be hopefully there no matter who the manager is, improving. And thirdly, I don't know, the fans are back in the fans are back in the stadium. That's a positive about Arsenal, you know. And uh, <laughs> Emirates was two thousand four on last Thursday, but it sounded Sounded as loud as sixty thousand. Two thousand four. Are we getting fined for that? <laughs> I don't know if it's if it says a lot about when we were at sixty thousand, how quiet it was, or or if it if it says a good thing about the two thousand. Well, it, it, it did seem like the two thousand felt as though they had to make noise. Like like yeah. you know, we should we should do that. We should you know we start cutting back from sixty thousand <laughs> to a number where people start like they're like if we don't make noise this is going to be this is going to be pathetic and then we just find that number yeah i put yeah. sex and then put sex dolls in the rest of the seat so it looks and cool. you know why that's do you know why it's positive because they cannot get away with playing the ball backwards every game when there's fans in the stadium two thousand people can whistle loud yes. enough to hear it yeah so there's a positive for you <laughs> Right, let's. Um, we have got a question from someone called uh, Carl Walker. Never heard of him. Sounds <laughs> dodgy. He says, "How many points will we get between now and Christmas? Are we allowed to include three points? We'll probably get from Dundalk. Probably not. <laughs> right, you two, add up on your fingers. Right, first one, Arsenal Burnley. I think we'll beat that. Yeah, we'll win that. Mike, no. Now, <laughs> what do you say? How many points are we get in? We're at home, so uh, none. Right, okay. Uh, next one, Arsenal-Southampton. At Arsenal, I think we'll beat them. So I'm on six so far. Femi? Based on what? I don't, I don't see how we're going to beat them. I, I think that's a draw. So that's All four right. points for me. Uh, Mike's on zero. I'm on six. You're on four. And uh, The 19th, we're away at Everton. I think we can get a draw there because Everton we'll, are on their arse. So I'm we'll on draw, seven. We'll draw that one. We'll draw that one. Just because everyone thinks that... that, that Ancelotti was, you know, such an easy pick for us over uh, Arteta, and he's not what everyone thought he was. So, uh, but but I think I'll, I think we'll draw that way that game. I, mean, I've seen draw. I think uh, draw as well. Three on, seven. That's three on B. So I've got <laughs> where are you? Where are you getting that optimism from? <laughs> oh, here we go. Arsenal, Chelsea on the on Boxing Day. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Hello. And then Brown, we're all going away to Brighton on the 29th, final game of the year. Maybe the last time we went away to Brighton and won. We're going to do it this time. So I've got us down as 10 points. Femi? I've got, 
six points. <laughs> I think we'll get a draw against Brighton. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give us a draw because Brighton's pretty bad right now. So I'll I'll, I'll go two points. <laughs> I, I don't I, look. I if when I get when I get optimistic, we we go into a slide like we have been lately. I mean, after Manchester United, I was gung ho, and and then. You know, it's been nothing since then. So maybe in some small way, my uh, my pessimism will will lift the team to new heights um, <laughs> and and inspire them because I know they listen to this podcast. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see two points out of the next one of those five games. Shocking. All right, question there for you, Mike. You can answer this one because you're from the country of a mic'd up refs. Oh, Nick says, why are refs not mic'd up for broadcast on TV? Pretty much every sport does that. What are the refs hiding uh, if they are impartial, which we've seen tonight? They may well not be. I don't. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I'm all for transparency when it comes to that. And you know, traditionalists may may feel differently, but um, I think referees should be made to uh, to account for their decisions. If, you know, I, I, one thing that crossed my mind is that ref, you know, referees in, in football are obviously on the move a lot more than referees in other sports. And, you know, there aren't stoppages for them to, to walk up and, and catch their breath. But, I mean, they're in probably better shape than some of the footballers are, so that really shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be an obstacle. But, whether it's mic'd up constantly or have to turn the mic on to explain free kicks or, I mean, I don't know how you would implement it, but there has to be more transparency and, and during the game, not just at the end of the game coming out, which they don't even have to do now. They don't have to explain their calls now. Um, so I'm all for more transparency, how you mic them up. Not a hundred percent sure, but, uh, but yeah, fuck them. <laughs> you got a quick answer on that. We've got another couple of questions come in. No, 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 no answer. I think that it was some. It was Tony Adams, wasn't it? That was yeah. swearing uh, when they did the trial in. Oh in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so blame Tony Adams for ruining it for all of us. Again. Um, question here: Carl has asked this, and so has Avon. Twenty million pound bid for Albury in January. Would you accept them? No, that's not out. Oh, oh, I saw one for Locker too. Oh, yeah. So, oh no, yeah. they both said twenty million for each of them. There you go. Yeah, Carl. Uh, yeah, Carl said twenty for Lacquer, and Avon said twenty for Abumian. Would either of you sell either of those players for twenty million each? I wouldn't sell Abumian for twenty million. Lacazette, not in general. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, that's a tough one. I, I can't really answer. Uh, not maybe not in January. To be fair. Maybe in the summer. I mean, in the summer, we kind of have to sell him, don't we? Because he's only got a year left on his contract. So. Yep. Uh, dear Mike, would you sell either? Uh, I sell Locker for $20 million tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I, I hate to say it. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would have sold him. This, I, you know, if, if we needed to sell him to buy Partey I, I, or, or to some sort of exchange, if that had ever been the case, I would have, uh, I, I would have said that. I mean, I... Lacazette's play this season hasn't been great. It's probably not been as bad as people have said it has been, but uh, I, I just don't see him recapturing his form from you know early Arsenal and late Lyon. Um, so yeah, I'd take twenty million and get him off the books. Aubameyang, I mean, oh, I thought you finished. Carry on. Aubameyang, I mean, <laughs> I, 
I would have I would have said absolutely not about a month ago. But uh, I mean, if you're, I'm, I'm looking for Richard. He's not actually with me. I don't know what he's talking about. But um, Abamyang, twenty million. Uh, get him off the books for three years. Um, I gotta say, it's tempting at this point because because I'm seeing some things from him. Like mentally, that I didn't think you know. I'm see, he's switching off, so it doesn't mean that he's not good. And I know that it has to be you know it has to do with the people around him. But I mean, if we if we were to take that twenty million and bring in somebody like uh, Edward from 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 Celtic or something like that, I'm not saying we're replacing him, and 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 that that's a net equal. But you know, it might be a little dangerous now to have three fifty to four hundred k on the books for the next three years. With a with a you know with an Aubameyang that's moping around, so it would be reactionary to do that in, in in January, but it wouldn't. I might I might consider it. I'd love to see thirty, but I might consider it. I would say, say yes. Go for him. No, go for it. Go for it. You say, say yes. Yeah. Um, Lacazette because he he's done. Sadly, I love both of them. Lacazette, uh, we, we we have one resident wonderful beard. Giroud went, and Lacazette has got the beard. And when when Lacazette goes, I don't know who's going to take up the beard, the moniker of, of the being the beard, bearded man. But um, I'd sell them both because, like you said, Mike, I don't want three hundred and fifty grand on our wages bill because um, it will hamper us getting in new players. And what sort of players could you get in on three hundred and fifty grand? You could get because we're not going to be in Europe next season as a championship side. I'd expect the entire squad to be on less than 350 grand a week. So, yeah, tell them both. That penalty merchant has just gotten another for you, Vey. <laughs> That's the Barcelona worse than us. You know what? If, I would say, I'd say, I'd, I'd join you guys in saying yes if, if on the assumption that Balogun signs a new contract, which he still hasn't signed. So, as much as we're all getting excited about him, He's on a free transfer at the end of the season. Yeah, we need to get him signed up. I'm okay. sure we. Could, I'm sure we could get him to resign for three fifty a week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to give you a Yang's contract. One <laughs> final question from Carnage sixteen eighteen from our Twitch. This is quite a lonely place because no one bothers. If anybody has Amazon Prime, you get two pounds, two dollars fifty every month. If you don't use it, goes in the bin. So let me know, tweeters, and I'll talk you through how to give it to us. And we get the money. You did it recently, didn't you, Femin? It was quite a... a, a Talking uh, you through it involves giving us your credit card number. <laughs> or you could, send, you could send them to our Patreon. It's it's very yeah. reasonable. How and, is and the $20,000 Patreon going? And the holiday time is coming up. We're, uh, we're close to arranging our first patron. Uh, <laughs> and and when we do, I'm going to go on a, on a worldwide cruise with the money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Go to uh, page, go to patreon.com forward slash TGP, and uh, it, it's more than reasonable. Trust me. Maybe ABW should set up a Patreon, but you get absolutely nothing for it, much like if you do our YouTube and you can join there. I joined Tom's yesterday. I finally managed to get my credit card and do it. I just took pound ninety-nine off of my credit card once a month to support Tom and all the good work that Tom does because uh, Tom is a friend of ours. Um well, one final question from Carnage, uh, all on his own or their own. I don't know. Could be an alien for all I know. Um, in in the Twitter, Twitch says, if Arteta was sacked, who do you generally believe the hierarchy would appoint? I would say a combination of Vieira and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, who was sacked on Friday. Femi? Um, Steve Bold. Oh, good God. He's, <laughs> he's 
I would rather I would rather have the Steve Bald Collective coach the team than Steve Bald. Well, honestly, if if Arteta was to leave, who would be caretaker right now? We we there's nothing in the club. Wonky, your mate, Mike. He'll be in. Who? Wonky manager. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll I'll talk him into it. Owen's gone and joined. Oh bless him, Owen. Oh. Owen's on with us on Thursday, Owen. I hope we still have available for that. The uh, the Arsenal v the Dundalk. Dundalk v Arsenal. Um, we're going to smash them 11-0. Like is, is we're going to be doing live reporting from outside the uh, the stadium? Just be Owen crying, going, let me in, you bastards! <laughs> you bastards! Owen, hey. uh, speaking of Owen, he will be uh, hosting our, our newscast. I have to find my bell. I, I'm not sure I brought it down to the, to the COVID den or not, but... Uh, we're going live in 15 minutes, actually. Um, That's why I have Owen. this ready. Yep. Oh, look at that. Or you could just go to GoonerSubscribe.com because go we... Go uh, website you want and it will take you. Just yeah. randomly put one in. It will type, in you to type in a BurkampWonderland.com and it goes straight to our, Ooh, our YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want as manager? Duncan Knapp says uh, Warnock. At this um, point... It, can, can, we, can we pry Rafa Benitez out of uh, out of China? I mean, I I always hated him, but he does kind of know how to you know resuscitate oh, a situation. I, just, I, I don't want to see any more Spanish managers on this. After this, if this doesn't work, uh, I don't even know where we. Like I've I've literally I've I've hitched all my bets on this guy. Just just as the club has, I was I was I bought in from the first. Interview I, when he walked in. I have too, but I mean, <laughs> this is where we are right now, Fevster. I mean, we're, we're it, it, I don't think we've resolved anything in this podcast. That's that's the summary. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think we're going to have the same conversation three months from now. Why haven't you turned on join membership for your channel? You only need a thousand, didn't you? If you look to see if you can have it, because we are just not. Look, uh, I'll just get nothing. No, from because because we're we want to remain critically acclaimed, which means no one watches us uh, except for the people who want good content, and we know that's only forty people. We don't argue, uh, but uh, I don't know. It, uh, people can join our Patreon if they really really support us. They'll spend a thousand pounds a month <laughs> to support us. That's that's the way we feel. And if you're not going to support us that way, then fuck off. That's why I'm putting all of my shit that I own on eBay. If anybody there wants any retro gaming, it's all on eBay. Made about three grand so far. You can get one. You can get, you can get one month, and 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 you know the 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 upgraded package comes with one month of of us texting you the results of the Arsenal game after yeah. it's over. And what better of a month to have that feature than December with all of the you know with the fixture congestion? That we have. You can be sitting having your Christmas Day dinner and then get a little text off a of mic with uh, Arsenal yeah. nine Chelsea nil written on on his winkle. As and you'll, get, and you'll, get, you'll get jerby bombs texted directly to you every every seven days, oh, like dear. like Avon says. By oh. the way, RK's got the worst comment I've ever seen. Yeah, it's there cool, you go. In any Arsenal podcast wow. history, is the, that's the worst really? comment I've ever seen. I think they do allow uh, supporters <laughs> from other clubs into uh, YouTube formats, so I think. <laughs> Terrible, right? Um, oh, Avon says you should change the pod to gerbil says. 
Yeah, put put RK's uh, picture back up there because for some reason RK has a as an icon of Mike Hernandez's child uh, as his <laughs> as his uh, as his icon. I have no idea why, but sad times. Mike, take that up with uh, with with Mike because uh, I'm not sure where he's one of his that. one of his twelve children. That is. <laughs> lovely right i think that is the end of the podcast we have solved absolutely nothing we've just had a little bit of a giggle so if you want to go to uh, i'm going to put it in the chat there that is mike's youtube channel they are going to be live in about 15 minutes i might be watching i might be there i might not i don't know i'm going to play hard to get play mysterious but as i've got fuck all to do with my life until the 18th when i uh, i've got to leave the house not looking forward to that it's cold out there is that, your, is that your is that your quarterly uh, walking uh, no, I am taking for a walk. I am going to go to the hospital to see the rheumatology people oh. about my medication because I'm as stiff as a porn star's cock at the moment. And it's not good. I don't need to be like that. I need medication to limber me out, baby. Well, uh, we so need, we, we need more of those Sean, uh, Sean and Daddy videos from the park. It's not back until the um, until the twenty second, twenty first of December. Damn you, little you scumbags! Uh, yes, so um, you made me think now. Maybe I should have um, played that, that thing. Hold on, we're not going anywhere. Uh, go here and go onto my own Instagram and see if I can find that video that you mentioned. Go here, profile you shit. <laughs> I don't do many things, do I? There's this, there's that. There's nothing that makes me happier to, than getting a text from you where, where, with the little triangle on it that you that you know where that shows you it's a video, and and you can see his legs wagging in the uh, in, in the breeze and and Sean's laughing in the background. It's uh, it makes me happier than it should for some reason. Much happier than the pictures of you in the bath. All right. So how do I make this full screen? <laughs> I don't think I do. I'm just going to make that a little bit bigger, and then I'm going to show it with you beautiful people. Um, here we go. Here's this. Go it's going to be great for the people listening on iTunes. And we'll share audio. And can you all see that? It's me in the park. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God, <this> is <laughs> a pink and white unicorn on a pink lead, and I'm in my park taking it for a walk, shouting, Alan, Alan. <laughs> that's about as as I move there you go oh the beardy lefty goonie I don't know who that is but thank you very much right stop that bullshit it's your fault Mike that's on my Instagram and I'm not telling you my Instagram much like I'm not telling you my Twitter uh, Mike talking about Twitter where can they find you at the gooners pod and at gooners v cancer but uh, the better the better content the real hardcore stuff is at at, Gooner, at the gooners pod very good and if people want to come and watch you click on that link that, that i've put in the chat and uh oh carl says get better soon mike i don't know if it means of your sexual depravity or your covid hopefully both i will be resolved of both pretty soon i think very good uh femi where can people find you if they want to listen to your wise words on the twitterings yeah you can follow me um i think it's at femster 82 i don't usually give it out but yeah at femster 82 uh, uh, uh. on Twitter, yeah, follow me. Um, I don't have a, a lot of. I try and be positive, but yeah. Did you get everything off your chest that you had planned for tonight? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, this was really good. Really good. I'll I'll sleep much better tonight. You do you do feel better after an hour or two of just talking about it. It, <laughs> it, it, it it's hard to make it make it any worse. So uh, I've enjoyed. It still doesn't make sense. But, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But question yeah. I missed hurts. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. No, but if you go if, if go to uh, go to Wikipedia and look up Hawaiian pizza right now, scroll down to. Uh, current media and and Dave uh, a certain person I'm not going to give out the name uh, has has put us in there and it's it's been nearly a week that we've remained there so um, oh. so take a look there you go um, finally ending the show um, in honor of Carl because we have got a, a triple a quadruple for Carl hashtag fuck Ellis hashtag Holly Bobs hashtag fuck Ellis scrolling across the bottom of the screen and Carl with a message where can people find Chris under one of Carl's trains? No, Carl's trains is a uh, Carl's moved. He's he's moved into um uh, into uh, I don't know what he's moved into. He's off. He's on. He's on holiday. He said he wasn't doing it. Oh no, that's it. No, it's, it says where can Peel find Chris? Speaking yeah, of Peel, yeah. I got to go to the bathroom before my next <laughs> podcast. So no, it was by uh, so I was thinking in my head, Carl doesn't do it anymore. No, Carl can't disrupt Fifey's journey to work anymore because Fifey has moved, and uh, <laughs> Carl is a distraught about that. So thank you very much to everybody in the chat box for joining us tonight. This Fifey has- seems more like a horse and carriage person than a uh, than a, than a tube person. Anyway, he does have, he does have a have a boy who who carries him around the house. He's uh, six foot. <laughs> Next WWF wrestler, and I think he might be the big show. Just carries him around the house. He says, "Boy, carry me here, boy. Thank you, boy." Yeah, so yeah, so that's where the big show is. If anybody wants to know, uh, that's the tallest one I could think of. Yeah, so shut up. Right, uh, it's the end of the show. Thank you very much, Femi, for joining us. You've been very, very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you all in the chat room. It's been great. Thank you very much to Mike. You've been extremely average or subpar. That's uh, that's a win for me for today. So I'll take so, it. Thank you. you. And thank you so very much, everybody at home. Remember, only 30% of the people that watch this on YouTube can be bothered to fucking subscribe. So subscribe, like, give it a thumbs up, uh, follow, um, tell your mum, you know, all of that shit. Uh, Good night, and we will see you on Thursday when it be Owen and me talking about the magnificent 11-0 win against Dundalk. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.